Let's move beyond your comfort zone and into your genius zone because it's time to tap into the higher wisdom within you, your higher genius. I'm your host, Christy Turley, author of the book, The Intuition-Led Business, serial entrepreneur and intuitive intelligence expert. Imagine the possibilities when you can make better decisions and create practical and sustainable solutions using the power of your intuition, your higher genius. This is the Higher Genius Podcast. Welcome back. I'm your host, Christy Turley, and today I'm speaking with David McLennan. He is a coach, consultant, and CEO of Impact Leadership, and we will be talking about his systematic approach for growth, the intention of a morning ritual, the light side and the dark side of being a high achiever, and the difference between ego-driven and intuition-led achievement. David McLennan is a business growth guide who helps leaders learn to play the infinite game of business. He shows those leaders how to integrate their high desire for high performance, achievement, and growth while focusing on the things they value most. As an entrepreneur and family business owner for most of his life, he's made the mistakes and yet loves getting out of his comfort zone to learn and grow. He's coached and trained leaders around the world as far north as the Arctic Circle and has shared the stage with John C. Maxwell while training leaders in Paraguay, South America. He has been married for 32 years and is a father of five children living in the Pittsburgh region. He's a recovering triathlete and loves an active and healthy lifestyle. Please join me in welcoming David to today's episode. Welcome, David, to the show. Thank you, Christy. I'm delighted to be here and honored. I am glad you're here too. So let's dive in. You are a high achiever. You help Hmm. other high achievers. What makes you a high achiever? Where'd you get started? How did this start? start? Oh gosh. You know, it started early, uh, early in my, in, in my uh, career and probably even before that. Um, I, what's interesting is I, I, I actually remember, um, when I was probably in, I got to think a second here, I probably was like in seventh grade. I went to a jazz band concert at my local high school where I was going to be going in a couple of years. And I was in the balcony. I can tell you exactly where I was right in the middle. I was in the balcony and the, the jazz band, the first jazz band. So the top jazz band played and I, I absolutely loved it. I was just really digging it. And I said to myself, I'm going to be on that stage. I'm going to be, I'm going to be lead trumpet in that band. And uh, I, I don't know why, but that's kind of why that's, that's where, at least where I feel like it's almost started. And, you know, that's, that's what happened. Actually, I, I worked towards that. I practiced an awful lot and um, became the lead trumpet in that high school jazz band. And so I think that that kind of started it. And then as I grew and went into college, um, I, I just felt like I had this insatiable drive to achieve. 
and I became a partner with my dad. Um, my, I, I was super goal oriented. I, I had goals written out, wanted to be a millionaire by the time I was 30 and all of these materialistic kinds of goals, very immature. But um, I, I think that that started the, the ball rolling as, as it were. <laughs> So interesting that you started in jazz. I don't know if you've ever reflected on this before. I'm going to, I'm going to pose something to you. Yeah, sure. So <laughs> I always find it interesting with my clients or people that I know, like when they tell me their origin story, I always see seeds of wherever they got their start or well, you mentioned jazz yeah. and where they are today. And yeah. the thing that occurs to me about jazz is it has a rhythm about it that is not predictable sometimes. Yeah, right. Yeah. And <laughs> I wonder if you've ever made that leap or used a metaphor, a jazz metaphor <laughs> in explaining what you do for clients, because I bet you, That's I so bet you that yeah. you're using your intuition. You there's one thing's for totally. certain. It's uncertain, right? It's <laughs> exactly. Uncertain, right. It's yeah. uncertain. Right. And this idea of improv, Yes. How does this play in? Get it? Play in. I love it. I love the puns. I I cannot resist being punny. Oh, Um, I love it. How does this play into your current line of work? Gosh, Christy, that's really interesting. And I, I don't know that I've ever thought about it before, but it makes perfect sense. I mean, when you said it, there was something within me that was like, like, yeah, absolutely. So I, I do a lot of improv right now. I mean, anytime I'm with a client, I never know what's going to come at me. I, in coaching situations, in group coaching or my, my emerging leader groups, I don't know what's going to happen. I, I kind of have an idea. I might have a, a, a path or a pattern, but I don't really know. And sometimes it ends up in a whole different place than I really originally planned. So that whole jazz idea, it kind of works. And it's pretty interesting uh, that you you made that connection. I, I'd never have. So totally, totally get well, it. Well, and, and that, that goes to, we can be blind sometimes to our own amazingness. Yeah. And think about, absolutely. there was something about that jazz that drew your soul to it. Like you were like, no, I'm no. going to be that. I'm going to do yeah. that. And it was like, such this deep desire. And I, I, I want to just challenge you because like, yeah, I didn't know you were going to talk about jazz. Like <laughs> I didn't know that's where you got I didn't to either. start, you know? So, yeah. um, yeah. we were improving. I would yeah. just challenge you to think about that. And is there some cool way that you can weave that into your brand? Yeah. Somehow yeah. in your messaging? I, I think there is. Yeah, absolutely. I, I really do. And, and it's interesting because the, the whole, I mean, jazz and and music has been a part of my life for a long time. And it does, it makes me feel things. And it's, I can, I, I, matter of fact, my, my son is a professional musician. Hmm. I just, uh, a week ago went to see him. Oddly enough, he's in a jazz band. He's, he's actually in a professional, um, big band. And he, he was uh, playing at a a local, uh, a local grill that is a a jazz club or it's actually a music venue. And, um, just hearing him, um, evoked all kinds of emotions within me. And I think that music for me and, and maybe even, yeah, jazz, um, is that, that 
conduit for, for feeling and for emotion and being able to um, kind of put things together. And so what's interesting is, I guess, yeah, was as I'm thinking about it and maybe even processing out loud that I'm putting things together for clients and I'm, I'm, I may not necessarily know where it's going to end up, but I'm, I'm, improvising and I'm, I'm asking this question and I'm bringing these people together and I'm, I'm helping them to process. And so it is a bit of a, um, of a creation process. And so, yeah, I don't know. I think that's, you're the conductor and you're teaching other people to be wonderful conductors of their own orchestra, their own symphony. Right. And so, yeah, yeah, I think there's so many ways you can go with that. So yeah, Yeah, you know, my number, if you want help with that, but I I love that. I love that stuff because I feel like that makes you so much more unique. It makes, it makes your brand stand out. It makes it memorable, especially when you can infuse symbolism into your messaging and your story. It, it, it helps people remember who you are, your value and how you can help them. So, um, so one of the things about your story, we kind of talked a little bit before, and I also, we, I did a podcast with your podcast. You guys have to check out your podcast as well. We'll put the link in the show notes. Um, so you talk a lot about, I mean, what you do is you help people grow their business. You help them grow themselves so they can grow their business. One thing that doesn't get talked a lot about is the crash and burn that can happen. And you talk about this freely, you know, you've crashed and burned several times. I know a lot of people that don't want to admit that. Yep. Especially a lot of gurus that talk about growth, growing yeah. businesses or scaling a business. They don't want to talk about the failures, but it's inevitable, right? Especially <laughs> if you're growing. Um, yeah. Let's talk about that. Like you sure. mentioned you were blind to these signs um, yeah. before you crashed and burned and, and blind to some of the, the signs that kept you working in your business and slaving away yeah. when you thought it would be so fulfilling. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like the dark side to achievement, I think. And not too many people talk about it. And, you know, for me, um, one of the things that happened is I got involved in a startup business, which was amazing. It was great. I, I, I loved being a part of it because that, that part of me, that achievement part of me was, was just came alive. But as I got into it and as I got focused on that business and my part of that business, um, I, it's kind of like I put blinders on and I missed a lot of things. And it, it really, it didn't even occur to me until I, I call it my midlife awakening. It's like I had this moment in time when I recognized how much I was missing in life by going so fast and so furious and being solely focused on doing rather than the being. And I, 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 it, I, I really came to this point where I knew something had to change. And as, as fate, luck, whatever you want to call it would have it, you know, about this, this time when I was beginning to have um, some of this awakening and really having my eyes opened. Um, the company that I was working with brought in private equity um, to be able to take the company to the next level. You know, sometimes we have to do that in business. We need some some infusion of cash to be able to go to that next level. And again, 
the achievement part of me, I was like, yes, this is great. But um, something really told me that I, I really needed to um, sell part of my shares of the company that I had. And um, that would then somehow maybe like open things up for me. And uh, I, I, I couldn't even, I'm articulating it now, but it, because it's in hindsight, but then I didn't really know. I just knew that I, I knew I needed to sell part of my shares. Well, I did that. And, and what that did for me is over the next year, um, I really did a lot of just introspection and a lot of thinking and a lot of journaling. And, and I came to the place where I knew that I needed to leave that business and start the business that I I'm in today. And interestingly enough, um, as we're recording this, my six-year anniversary is coming up um, in July, and so uh, I, I, I that process helped me to see some of the things that I hadn't seen before, like you know, my kids needed me. They, my my kids were growing up, and I was missing a lot of different things. I, I, it's it's interesting. So one of the thi- one of the eye-opening experiences that I had. I was on the tarmac. Actually, I wasn't even in the, the aircraft yet. I was in LaGuardia Airport, know exactly which airport. Um, it, I, I was waiting to come home and I was on, on a business trip coming home and I was trying to get home in time to see my son's uh, concert, the same one I was just talking about. And all of a sudden, the lady on the PA says, hey, we're going to have a little delay. There's a slight maintenance issue, um, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, well, long story short, it wasn't that long. We got back in, we got in the plane and started taxiing out. The pilot came on and said, hey, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for your patience. Um, because of the, the delay, we're going to have a little bit of a delay in, in taking off. Um, but sit back, relax. You know, we're 34th in line to take off. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, 34. I know what this means. And so in my mind, I'm, I'm just kind of projecting ahead. And long story short, I finally did get home, but I, I, I missed the first half of the concert, you know, and, and that was in that moment that I thought to myself, something's got to change and something will change. And that's really when I made the decision to talk to our CEO and, and, tell them what I've been thinking about and, and, and creating the, the, the business that, that I, I have today. It's so important. I I'm so glad you, you brought this up because, uh, the military actually has a saying that, uh, slow is smooth and smooth, smooth is, is fast. fast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think as high achievers, we value the quickness. Yeah. Yeah. And we don't sure. realize this counterintuitive move to slow down, enjoy yeah. life, enjoy the fruits of your labor. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting because I feel like I'm, I, you know, in some ways I'm just now learning that, you know, and, and um, it's uh, it takes a little time. I think, I think achievers have to have to crash and burn sometimes, maybe not all of them, but at least I did. I, you know, and I had to, I had to really um, make a bold move and, you know, hit, hit an email resigning my position and then starting, you know, impact leadership consulting. So. 
Yeah, that's that's def- that takes guts, right? That takes yeah. a lot of courage to do that. And thank goodness you did because yeah. your life would be totally different. You would be on a completely oh. different trajectory. Too, oh, so true. Yeah, I mean, you and I probably wouldn't have met. And right. and I think I think um, that that there are certain points in our life when we when we look back and even in the moment we know that there's. For example, hitting send on that email to our CEO, even though I had had dinner with him, you know, a couple of weeks beforehand, he knew what was going on. It wasn't official until I (laughs) I pressed send. And when I pressed send, I went, oh, dear Lord, what did I do? (laughs) Yeah. And that's, I think that's completely natural too. Completely normal. Um, I'd like to go back to this part that you were mentioning in your story, how you said you had this intuitive guidance or your intuition speaking to you to sell the shares. Yeah. What was the result of that? Like, was the timing critical? It really was. I mean, the timing was, was really critical because what happened is the private equity came in transaction closed. I did sell half of my shares. And um, from there, the business um, was missing, it started missing its goals and missing the sales goals and the numbers. Some some of the pipeline didn't come uh, to fruition. And um, so a year later, the the, the I actually a year later was ready to start my business, and I told uh, our CEO that I, I wanted to sell the rest of my shares just to kind of make a clean break. They actually were my first client; they were my first corporate client. So, um, but back to your question, it like when I sold the second part of my shares to um, one of the I think it was one of the board members at the time. Um, they weren't they weren't worth nearly as much because we had to go through some eva- you know some valuation and stuff and um and so the timing was impeccable i i only wish i would have sold all of them <laughs> at the outset but that would have probably set the wrong wrong tone or the wrong message but uh, and and even for me what it helped me to be able to do was become debt free and you know, pay off a lot of you know a lot of debts. I and and it set me up for being in a great position for for my business financially. That's amazing. Yeah. Sometimes you know our intuition is very patient with us. You know, it'll keep yeah. reminding us until we listen. Yeah. Or until the time has passed to right. listen. And yeah. I mean, in this case, it sounds like you sold half at the peak and I half. At you know maybe not as great of a time, but who you know right. whatever. You're right. But I mean that was integral. It sounds like for your trajectory of of where you're at, and it was you really you really you practice what you preach. You know you help people become the best version of themselves. Mm-hmm. This is what you say on your website, so that yeah. they can enjoy the best version of their life. Yeah. And. I mean, yeah. <laughs> think about that time travel machine. If you had to go back into, into time and you yeah. chose a different path, yeah, would you feel oh, like gosh. that's really your, the best, the best version? I mean, I feel like yeah. we're always at this critical juncture, like this critical choice between, you know, the path by default and the path of like destiny or like this right. best version. So you have yeah. this systematic approach for, for this. And I would love to know more about like 
What is that systematic approach to growth? Yeah. Yeah. So it really is sitting down and looking at things like our, our morning rituals, our habits, because I'll often say we don't get our goals, we get our habits. And so when we think about the things that we're, we're doing, um, it, that's, that's kind of like the second step. And it, you already know this, but the be, do, have model, you know, who do we need to be so that we can do the things that we need to do and have the things we want to have? I, I really help um, my clients work through this. And the first place that we start is their morning routine, their morning ritual. What is it that they need to uh, be in the morning? Who do they need to be in the morning so that they can set their day upright? So essentially, that's the first step. Um, but then we evaluate every area of their life. And um, you've probably seen this before, but it's, it's, you take the kind of the wheel of life and whether it's your financial, your spiritual, your health. And, and we talk, we, we talk through where they think they are on that wheel of life, you know, scale of zero to 10. And we make some assessments. And then we, we start with whatever area they feel like they want to start in. And then we'll go from there and, and begin to create their life the way that they want it to be. What do they want to look, what do they want it to look like? I have, have them do some visualization, have them do some journaling. And it's so funny because one of my clients uh, is an emerging leader in a, in a company that I work with. And when he, he even told me, he said, Dave, when you told me to, to start journaling, I thought, no guy journals. Are you kidding me? And, but he said, and he said, but I did it. And now I, I, I don't know what I do without it because it helps me to process my, my thoughts, my feelings, the, the things that are happening to me. So, so really I look at, um, you know, morning routines, morning, morning rituals. Uh, I look at my, our habits, um, and, and, and a big thing for me is health, um, not just physical health, but spiritual health, um, emotional health. And I think it all plays plays together. And so I really just kind of walk through each of those areas of life with uh, with my clients and help them to be able to establish some some healthy habits in those areas. That is wonderful. Um can you, can you give an example, like not, not naming names, you got to keep yeah. things confidential, yeah. sure. but like you mentioned, cause we talk about intuition. That's a spiritual, that's a spiritual yeah. word, right? Yeah. Right. When you talk about spiritual health or like some spiritual habits that maybe people have that aren't so great. And yeah. then like how, like what kind of habits do they then transform into? What are the good spiritual habits that they have? I mean, imagine, the morning ritual yeah. is one, right? But what else? Yeah, that's, I mean, for sure. I mean, and even part of that morning ritual, um, you know, there are a lot of people who may even have kind of a morning ritual, but they, they don't really take the time to, let's say, pray. And if, if that's part of their practice, um, and, 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 and actually, um, taking the time and making the time to, to walk through that practice and even preparing themselves to, to do that. Um, I, I think that so often, so some of the clients that I've worked with 
they just jump in the car, they grab their coffee, they jump in the car and they, they get going. And they, and part of their ritual might be like throwing out a podcast. That's great. That's good. But, but they're starting their day with um, uh, not really intention. And so, so part of the ritual, part of the morning ritual is just, what are your intentions? Write down, write down three things that you want to, that you intend for the day. Um, so, so I'm not sure if that might answering your that question. That was amazing. <laughs> yes. I think we can all relate to that because at some point in our lives, we didn't have a ritual. Maybe, oh, yeah. maybe we still don't and no yeah. judgment, right, no right. better time than the present. Right. And no doubt. so can you share with us, like, what do you do for your morning ritual? Maybe that will give yeah, sure. some people some ideas of maybe something they're not doing currently that yeah. they could. Yeah. Well, and, and what's interesting about my morning ritual is I actually like to kind of tweak it now and again. And yeah, so, I do too. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so the first thing I do is uh, I come down uh, to my office. I have my, my morning chair, my, my reading chair, and um, I um, w- will take some time just to meditate. And I, I find that that first like few minutes of the day or of the, of the morning ritual is, is kind of where I just like to observe my thoughts. I like to like find out what's coming up for me. What's, what's passing through my mind. And so I take, you know, sometimes it's only five minutes. Sometimes it's 15 minutes of time just to really notice. And um, then um, I do some, uh, some reading. So I'm, I'm a Christian. So I, I'll read the Bible. I have a Bible app. Um, it's so convenient. And so I, you know, do my morning reading then I, I have my prayer time and then um, I journal and uh, I'm a big journaler. Uh, I, I never used to be really consistent until the last probably six or seven years. And I'm, I'm very consistent now. What I found about my journaling practice is that there's something magical that happens from the thought going out to your hand and writing it down. And, and, and I'm an advocate of, our, of a handwritten journal because uh, I just think there's something magical about that. But, but what I found is, is that as I've written things out, and sometimes it's stream of consciousness, sometimes I'll even start like, I really don't know what to write this morning. But and, and then as I start to write that, then something else spurs and, and then something else, and at least something else. And then I'll go back and I, I'll look at it and I'll go, wow, that was really interesting. Like, I, I didn't like, where did that come from? Um, so anyway, so my journaling practice, um, and actually I, I just started something about a month ago, another journal. Normally I just freeform, but I, I actually tried this, this journal is specifically designed for men um, called Mind Journal. And um, it's pretty cool because there's, uh, there's kind of a format. There's like three phases. And I think I'm in the, I'm just getting ready to start the third phase. but. Um, but it's, it's kind of interesting. And it just kind of, you know, uh, switched things up for me. So, so after my journaling, then that's time for, for me to kind of put into my own mind. I'm an avid reader. So I, that's my reading time. So I, I have at least a book, if not several books that I've got going and I, and that's my reading time. And, you know, some days if I, if I, um, maybe I'm a little shorter on time, um, I'll, I'll compress that, but, um, that's, that's essentially my, my, uh, my morning ritual. 
I love that. It is, it's so important to do. And it is. I, I do think that you can have different versions of the morning ritual. It doesn't yeah. have to be the same thing. Right. It can be a five minute version. You can have, how yep. long do you take? It sounds like an hour. Yes. Uh, so I, I'm in kind of in a different season of my life. So uh, sometimes I, it'll be two hours. Um, I get up early, so I'm, I'm up by five, if not before. And um, so I can take some time. And to me, that's the the me time and and i i literally build it into my calendar so if you look at my my uh my my morning cal or my calendar uh my planner um 5 a.m it's my morning ritual and it goes from five to seven um occasionally i may have a a, a meeting that starts at seven i've got one um a senior executive that i coach that he likes to to get started early so I may stop it by 6.30, but, um, but yeah, so I, I, I take a two, pretty much two hours, but it's, again, it's, it's my time. I've built it into my calendar. You don't have to do that. If you're listening, you might think, holy cow, I don't have two hours. Just remember, I'm, I'm in a different season of my life. And I think, you know, you and I talked on my podcast about seasons. And so I think we have to recognize what season we're in. And if you only have 20 minutes, Take the 20 minutes, but I would challenge you get up earlier and 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 make the time because you'll you'll never regret it. I, some of my best moments are are in the morning and in that quiet and even in the darkness. It's it's really special. That that time is really special. And personally for me, that a lot of times that's when I hear from my intuition. That's when I I'm, I'm hearing things, I'm, I'm feeling things and sensing things. And so, um, and, and that's part of my journaling practice too. So anyway, I love that so much. Everyone take, <laughs> take us up on this advice, please. Yeah, you for know, sure. Whether it's five minutes or a couple hours, like it, the investment in yourself, in your day, I feel yeah. like there's exponential rewards from that. Like that yeah. little investment of time, I feel like for me, tell me your experience, but for me, I feel like I'm so much more productive. Like if I invest 15 yes. minutes, I feel like I could get two hours back in creativity and productivity. And no also doubt. just like being able to harness an opportunity I might not have seen because I noticed it in my morning ritual and I thought right. about it and took that time to think about how my life is going, you know? Yeah. yeah. Just to take an assessment. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I think that too often, again, people are, people are moving at the speed of sound or the speed of light and we've got to slow down. And this is my, in, in a lot of ways, this is my conscious way to slow my achiever mentality down and to be able to really be intentional. One, one of the books that I read at that kind of at that pivotal time was intentional living by John Maxwell. And, and, and that book really kind of, there's something in it that just kind of clicked with me that I needed to be a lot more intentional with the way I was living my life. And, and that for me, the ritual, the morning ritual was the first way that I could say, look, this is my time. I'm carving this out for me because it's my life. And if I'm going to be any good for my family, my wife, my kids, I need to be the best for me. And I need to be, be the best me that I can be. Yeah. And for achievers, 
this is good. This is a good benefit statement right now. You need to be the yeah. best that you need that you can Absolutely. be, right? Um, Absolutely. Tell let's talk about achievement. Because I mean, I relate to this so much. I feel like I'm a high achiever. You're a high achiever. Let's yeah. just talk between us high achievers yeah. <laughs> and all the other people that are talking yeah. or here listening to us. Uh, there's a light side to achievement and there's a dark side to achievement. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Let's talk about this. I mean, you can choose if you want to talk about light or, or dark first, but like, yeah. what are some of these habits, good or bad, that achievers have? Oh, God. So um, the first thing that comes to my mind is just speed. Like uh, for me, I've been a fast paced um, person probably most of my life. And um, that's, I, I think that can be, that can be a, a light side. I mean, that could be the good side. I mean, yeah, you know, you, sure. it gets, it gets stuff done. Right. Um, the dark side of that though, is you miss a lot of things too. You know, there's a lot of cool things that when you're going hundred miles an hour, they're flying by you and you miss them. And it's like, Oh, wow. I never noticed that. So anyway, that's, that's the first thing that kind of comes that's to my so mind. So good. So good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, and it, it's, it's important really to, to just ask yourself, what is, what is this costing me? You know, yeah. being an yeah. achiever, what is it costing me? Right. Um, you know, there's some good parts to it. I get more done than most humans. <laughs> like, right. <laughs> right. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and, and you, and, and some, and like Ferris Bueller had a quote and Ferris Bueller's day off. It's like, if you oh, don't, yes. if you don't stop once in a while, I'm going to mess it up. Look, my yeah, my husband around. can quote these yeah. like <laughs> off the top of his head, but if you don't yeah. look around once in a while, you might miss it or something. Exactly. And, that, and that's exactly what you're saying. I mean, uh, yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. And thank yeah. goodness you recognize that or you'd be on this other path too. No doubt. Yeah. Well, and it, I, I think it, it helps to have a, a wife that helps me to see my blind spots. I mean, really, honestly, I mean, I think that that's how it, it's, it's helped me to have a partner who does help me see my blind spots, but it's also um, been an awakening for me to, to listen to her as well. Cause sometimes that, that, that dark side of the achievement is like, I have my eyes set on this goal and that's all I want to see. And that's all yeah. I want to hear. And you, you kind of tune everything out. Mm -hmm. And so I've been, you know, very blessed to have a wife that has helped me um, sometimes gently, <laughs> sometimes not so gently, which I needed. <laughs> yeah. So. That tunnel vision is a real thing <laughs> for it, sure. It oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. I feel like, um, there's this other question I want to ask you that just kind of came to me and it's like, sure. so achievement, we've talked about light and dark side. Mm -hmm. Well, let's look at about at it with a slightly different lens since this is the intuition led business podcast. Yeah. Yeah. What does it look like if you're an achiever coming from your ego? And what mm. does it look like if you're an achiever coming from intuition? Oh, gosh, that's such a great question. You know, the first thing that flashed through my mind um, is coming from your ego. It's, it's all about me. What, what do I get? What, what is it going to give to me? As opposed to when it's coming from my intuition is, what impact is it going to have? Who, who, who could this help? How is this going to help? And I think that's the, I mean, that's the first thing that I think of is 
when I think of ego, I think of me and it's, it's just for, it's just for the money. It's just for the, the notoriety. It's just to be able to kind of put the arrow in my quiver, so to speak, um, as opposed to uh, when you're, when you're using your intuition, it's more about who's this going to help? How is this going to help more people, more companies, um, you know, help grow others as, as opposed to just focused on yourself? That's, that's what comes to me. What about for you? Yeah, I completely agree with what everything you said. And um, the additional thought that came to me was, you know, when you're using your intuition, it's not, it, yeah. it, it's just what you said as well. It's also about really making sure that you're acting in the highest good, like what, like mm. for others, but also for yourself. Like, it's not yeah, just it's about others. It's also yeah. about yourself too. Like what, you came, to, what yeah. you came here to do. And if like, you know, if you don't have your health, what do you have? You don't have yeah, exactly. anything. Yeah. So you're taking care of yourself. So what's in the highest good of others? What's in the highest good of myself? You know, is this the best thing I could be working on right now? Mm-hmm. Is this the best use of my energy? I know I could do many yeah. things and do them right. fast, but yeah. is this the best use of my energy or would I better serve others or better serve this particular project if I were working on something different and tuning mm-hmm. in to your intuition as well? Yeah. Just to like ask yourself that, like ask yourself and really listen to yeah. the answer. Like, yeah. is this the best use of my time? Am I doing what my heart desires to do? And I feel like that almost like rips away that tunnel vision that we talked about earlier. Yeah. Because I feel sure. like you're just so much more aware of other people, mm-hmm. of how this project might affect another project, how this decision might affect the team, the customers. I just, yeah. I just feel like all around, I mean, it's, it's using your achievement as a superpower. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I, I like what you said too about, um, kind of tuning into that so that um, sometimes we need to be good to ourselves and we need to um, achieve for our higher good because then we can help other other people more. Um, and, and, and it kind of is a, a momentum thing. I had a business coach tell me once and she's now passed away, which is sad, mm. but I miss her a lot. Um, but she said every time like something cool would happen, like achievers sometimes want validation from other people. Like good job. Yeah. Like, yes, yay. Right. Like, like that's something we want, right? We want that mm-hmm. validation. And so I would share something. And I think that's important. Everyone, if you're yeah. an achiever, like to have someone to share these things with, that's safe. Absolutely. You know? That yeah. they don't think you're bragging. It's just like, I did this. Isn't that cool? Right. Right. Um, and she would do that. And it's like, you know what? More important than get, getting the validation from her. She would always say, take a win. Mm. Go take a win. And how she defined the win or the like taking a win. It could be anything from going to the coffee shop to get your favorite drink or going for a drive, just wandering, you know, exploring, or it could be like buying yourself like something a little nicer. Sure. And her point was, if you don't take the win, you know, Mm -hmm. if, if you're just achieving for the sake of achieving and you're not actually, there's not some kind of like tangible reward other than a pat on the head or a pat on the back, good job. Right. Right. Then you come to a point where eventually you're like, what is this all for? Yeah. 
what is this all for? Do I feel fulfilled mm-hmm. or not? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and there's a lot to that and there's a lot to being fulfilled and, and really making, you know, in some, in some ways making that the kind of the, the benchmark, so to speak. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's like using fulfillment as the, the ruler, the measuring tape, as opposed to the, your bank account yeah, or your sales right. goals. Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. How, how, do, yeah. how do people measure that? Like, how would you, like, do you teach people that? Like, how would they even go about like, am I fulfilled? Like, can I measure that on a chart? Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's so hard because and it's because there's a lot of stuff. There, there's a lot of things that I do with clients that it, you can't really like measure it on a, a scale other than a subjective scale, yeah. you know, scale of one to 10, how fulfilled do you feel right now? And, and it's, that's valid. But I think that sometimes there are things that we, we can't measure, um, you know, objectively, it's, it's gotta be kind of come from within. And um, yeah, so I, I don't, I, I don't necessarily come up with like KPIs, like, how are you going <laughs> to, would it be what's cool your, if you did though? I know, I know. What's your what's your KPI for fulfillment? What's your KPI for me? Well, you kind of do that seven. wheel of life thing, which kind of shows true. people where they're out of balance. And that's if true. they can if they can rebalance, then that is a step towards fulfillment, right? Yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, I mean, and, and one thing that I do do is that when I'm working with a client um in culture work. So one of the things that, that I do, and this is very systematic as well, is that we will define the culture in terms of behaviors. So we'll come up with a set of behavioral statements. I call them fundamentals because they're fundamental to the success of that organization. And then we create rituals so that they can practice those. And, and what I mean by a ritual, it just anything that's worked into the day on a daily routine so that, that that helps them think about, talk about, and incorporate those behaviors into the day. And so, and, and there's, there's some more to that too, but then what we'll do is we will create a survey and survey both um, internally, the employees, um, the vendors, and, um, you know, any, I mean, any other uh, stakeholders that, and and how and, and we'll ask the question: How well is XYZ company living up to um, practicing blameless problem solving, or how well is XYZ company listening generously, or being a fanatic about response time? Different things. And so, in that way, um, we can we can kind of measure some things about how well we're doing in a way in 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 something that's t- typically not measure. I mean, like, how do you measure culture? Well, that's kind of one way that, that at least I found to, to try to measure it. So I know that's not what you asked, but that kind of came to my mind and, and it, it is a way that you can measure the immeasurable in some way. Yeah. I love that. Measure the, imme- measure the immeasurable. <laughs> like that sounds like a good tagline right there. I'm um, not sure to say that. And so I'm glad you stumbled on it. <laughs> Yeah, that's, I mean, seriously, because that's what we're talking about here. When we're achievers, we like to measure things. We measure our success by how many things we ticked off our to-do list today or how many, how many different trophies 
we've obtained, you know? Right. Right. And maybe, maybe the, the, the lesson for all of the achievers is to learn to measure the immeasurable. Mm, Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Coming up with, yeah. Finding the way to do it. Finding, finding the way to measure that immeasurable. Hmm. Yeah. And what is the immeasurable? It's those unseen and tangible parts of your life that probably do create fulfillment. Yeah. Some of them are as meaningless rubbish, but some of it probably helps create fulfillment. Right. Right. Well, and it's, it's, it's funny as, as I was thinking about that and, and as we were just kind of in that pause, the thing that came to my mind is maybe, maybe you start to count like how many, how many days have you really taken off? Mm. How many days have you, have you spent in, um, reflection or doing something that like fills you up a hobby, uh, what have you. Um, I know in your book, you talk about, uh, the eight it's the, the rule of eight, I think is what you take call eight, it. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Take eight. Yeah. And, um, you know, like maybe that's where we start to say, well, how many of those have I done? You know, and maybe it, every quarter I'm going to take, I'm going to take one day and, I'm just going to do that. I'm going to, I'm going to do the take eight. Um, I don't know. I just kind of some thoughts that kind of pop. Yeah. My something head. for you to ponder in your morning yeah. ritual. Like, Absolutely. I mean, I'm very intrigued actually by that. I'm very yeah. intrigued because it's yeah. like, what are those immeasurable things? What are the things I'm not measuring right now mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. maybe I need to be, you know, yeah. for, for right. a better life to, to become the best version of myself and have the best version of my life, you know? So yes, absolutely. it has been so fun to have you on the podcast today. Oh, Christy, it's been a pleasure. I really have enjoyed this conversation. It's yeah. you've, you've really made me think of a lot of things and, and uh, it's been fun. It's been really yeah. enjoyable. Well, tell everyone how they can get in touch with you. And after you do that, I would love for you to share one last nugget of wisdom, just something sure. quick. Yeah. Oh, whatever you want it to be. <laughs> sure. Okay. So you can get in touch with me either through my website, davidmcglennon.com, um, or you can uh, connect with me on LinkedIn. That's kind of my primary social media uh, platform. And then as far as um, last little tidbit, I think that, first of all, I'm, I think I'm going to go back to the quote that you used that um, slow is smooth and smooth is fast. And I think that that for me is really, um, it really resonates. And I think that I would just kind of reiterate that to achievers that sometimes we do have to slow down so that we can be more effective. And I don't even want to say go faster, but I think that it, it, it may be that we can go faster, but just me be more effective. And so to the extent that you can slow down and be more intentional, I think that's where you're going to make the bigger impact. I hope you loved today's episode. And if you did, please subscribe and leave a like, comment, and or review. Every interaction, whether on YouTube or your favorite podcast platform, helps this podcast to reach more people like you. Thank you for tuning in to the Higher Genius Podcast.